0: Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God. Time here on the breakfast show. Interesting to listen to the news right there, and the continual misreporting we hear of the uh, City Point Brisbane, uh, Brisbane City Point Christian College, uh, stating that uh, the contract said that they would expel um, gay and homosexual LGBT students, which is not the case. Mm. The contract simply stated that they considered these that those actions to be a sin Mm -hmm. that's what the contract said and that they reserved the right to expel students who broke the rules um as far as you know locker rooms uh school uniforms uniforms, etc based on biological sex Mm. interesting but of course the media likes to blow it way out of proportion it's like yeah they're just going to boot anybody out who's any one of these things yeah and obviously
1: like well they're the the reason it was reporting it is because there's people protesting it saying like oh yeah this is so you know evil and discriminatory and of course people are going
0: to protest it when the media misrepresents it when you actually read the contract it's just like okay we believe in biological sex and Mm. we're going to differentiate in you know sports and and safe places and you know um, uniforms and so forth based Mm. on biological sex and if you don't um, if you don't agree with those and or if you break those rules then then you we, we reserve we reserve the right to expel you. Yeah. Um it doesn't say that they wouldn't, you know, work with those students in a very um patient and compassionate way over a very long period of time, which I expect any Christian school would. You know, expelling is obviously always the last resort. And as far as the other ones go, um it lists uh it lists adultery, it lists fornication, it lists pornography, it lists mm. Um, homosexuality, and it simply says that this school takes the position, which every Christian school does, you mm-hmm. know, always has done in the past, I should say, that these things are a sin as defined in the Bible. Yeah. Th- that's what you expect from a Christian school. That's Why right. would you expect anything different from a Christian school? It doesn't say in the contract, there is nothing in the contract about uh, LGBT, um, uh, LGB, I should say, students being expelled.
1: mm yeah, interesting, and it's it's yeah they're they're protesting this, which is expected in a place like Queensland, where like yeah,
0: and, and the thing is, I, I'm I'm sorry, I butted in.
1: Nah, that's fine. Oh, I just want to say, I just find it really interesting. Like like the school is taking this clear stance to differentiate men and women to protect the sexes. Um, in a place and they're protesting in a place where they actively do the opposite of protecting the sexes. And it's been like the recent controversy, like in sport in Queensland, where a lot of sports leagues for like, for example, like netball Queensland are like, Oh, there's no difference between the sexes. So we'll just let um, male teams play against female teams. What a joke. And Oh, guess who won the grand final? A completely male team. Like, yeah,
0: it's mm. women get deleted again. Yeah, that's right. But anyways, womanhood and girlhood, it's all just, It's just an attack. That's right. (laughs) That's what
1: we're seeing take place. But, hey, let's have another clue for the quiz. So for one. points. Having said that, I just need to clarify that I don't
0: think think it was necessary to to put this in a contract Mm. and to go and poke the stick in people's eyes. That's right. We can have it as a policy. Yeah, fine. Clearly communicate it as a policy Mm -hmm. uh, to the parents and the students. You really have to poke people in the eye with a stick? I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah.
1: And that's what we covered yesterday.
0: I'd still send my kids there.
1: Yeah, that's right. For 400 points, what businesswoman from uh, Thyatira became a Christian after hearing Paul share the gospel? 0491 064 669 is the number to call if you know the answer. Again, that question was... What businesswoman from Thyatira became a Christian after hearing Paul share the gospel? And for 400 points, you can win a selection of our bargain books, or you can get those points on the board, continue to sweep your way through the
0: quiz. All right. Let's move over to text messages coming through on the text line story. uh, Text here about your story about elephants. elephants. Elephant vaccines. That's good news for elephants. But the saying is correct. The bigger you are, the bigger you fall. The harder you fall. Mm. There's a moral to this story. Oh, okay,
1: I'm not really seeing it. I, I, but then, nobody then it doesn't say what the moral. It, it doesn't clarify it. Okay, the bigger you are, we, the harder you fall.
0: Well, well, that is immoral. I, I guess so. That we, but
1: how did? Okay, so the the the, the, but the now they're, not, they're not
0: falling anymore. So.
1: That's right. That's right. Good for them.
0: Okay, uh, it uh, the 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 mammoth one. It does prove that the Bible is correct. Again, that the world that the world land mass was one until after the flood. Yeah, I think I think. Mammoths were around after the flood, but anyway. Mm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Were mammoths here around around before or after the flood or both?
1: Mm. It's
0: just my opinion. I, I tend to put them after the flood. It's just gone extinct like a lot of other things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Christian growth. True Christianity will always grow, especially under persecution. Their blood is like seed. Satan has tried to annihilate Christians and his followers for the last 6,000 years. Remember that there were 330 million Christians under persecution. Good to hear that the West is still growing, but mm. then God did say, uh, "Will there be any believers on the earth when I return?" We know that there'll be at least one hundred forty-four thousand in number, or in symbolic number. Mm. <laughs> like, interesting, like interesting. In number or in symbolic
1: number? Oh, we could have. <laughs> They've been a- very diplomatic yes. about a yes. very uh, contentious topic. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. So here's your here's your text message. Uh here's your, here's your message. You call us or text us and tell us the hundred and forty four thousand literal or symbolic this morning. I shouldn't actually do that because that's baiting. And when you study the hundred and forty four thousand, this is the single biggest distraction to what the hundred and forty four thousand is all about. Right. Hundred and forty four thousand is all about their character.
1: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm.
0: not about whether it's literal or symbolic. Yep. There's an easy way to find out whether they're literal or symbolic, and that is to be one and do a head count. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Amen. Problem solved. Amen. Problem solved. Anyway, mm. uh, the Muslims were used by God to hold back slaughter of true Christianity by Catholicism. That's a fact. Mm. That is absolutely a fact. Persecution was much less under Islam um, of Christians than it what it was under Catholicism. Mm. Uh, looks like that the government won't allow the school contract with families and students to go through as they were discussing yesterday. Discrimination goes only one way, mm. their way. And this is the this is the interesting thing. You know, we do have this anti-discrimination legislation. I do totally support the anti-discrimination legislation that uh, Michaela Cash is uh, endeavouring to push through Parliament at the moment at the federal level, uh, because you know religion is the last. Um I guess demographic in australia to have anti discrimination legislation mm. uh, we need to have that, but at the same time the anti discrimination legislation is also balanced out by the uh sex discrimination um legislation that already exists mm. and so the anti discrimination legislation wouldn't actually as far as I can tell have an effect on what 's happening at city point uh, brisbane city point christian college mm uh, because it's balanced out by uh, legislation that is already there. Mm. And so it's an interesting one to to watch and to follow. Um, there is actually no such thing as anti-discrimination at the end of the day because the moment you stop people from discriminating one way, you actually create discrimination. Yeah.
1: As soon as you create a standard, you create discrimination. Yeah, that's right. Mm.
0: Um
1: which we yeah. which we do a lot. We create a lot of standards like oh um if you are a convicted pedophile you're not allowed to be a teacher. You know, like oh, there's a lot yeah, of standards true. we put in place and, to discriminate and, and, against and, people. And a lot of
0: people say well that's discriminating against people who are, you know, uh, pedophiles, you know. Maybe they've they've served their time and done their bit, but it's like well, no, we are going to discriminate and you're never going to be a teacher <laughs> yeah. or a pastor um or a subter school sunday school teacher or otherwise yeah that's right
1: and that's because yeah we we i think i think we have the right to put standards in and 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 this is the thing it's like um oh it's so interesting having conversations about this legislation and these things particularly with people who are against it because it's you know for me and from from my family background there are you know, I, most of my family are non-Christian. And so uh, it's interesting to see the different perspectives. And I, I think one of the big anti-perspectives that, that amongst my family or my secular friends have. And it's like, oh, but, you know, we functioned for hundreds of years without this later. Well, at least, you know, since 1901.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Without
1: this legislation. So why, why do we need it now? It's like, it, and then we can talk about the shift in, um, you know, culture that takes you place. Don't need,
0: you do not need legislation to protect majorities. That's right. Legislation exists to protect my, my, minorities. And when Christianity was a majority, you didn't need legislation to protect That's them. right. Now it's a minority, so you do. Mm. And all of these other uh, anti-discrimination legislations have come in, have come in to protect minorities. That's right. So your sexual anti-discrimination legislation is to protect the LGBT plus community, which is a minority. That's right. That's the whole point mm-hmm. right now. Uh, majority the majority never needs protecting simply by the fact that it is the majority. That's right.
1: Oh, interesting stuff.
0: All right, let's go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one. And and this is the great thing about a constitutional democracy, is that a true democracy is actually mob rule. Ooh, constitution limits it. Ooh, yes.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Text coming through here. World without standards would be like Sodom and Gomorrah.
1: Mm. So are we are we saying we're up with dictatorships? Is that is that? Are we pro dictatorship on faith of him?
0: No, <laughs> constitutional <laughs> democracy. But here's the thing: there are a lot of different forms of government. That's right. Every form of government have, it has its weaknesses and its failings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. We, of course, are going to like a constitutional democracy because we live in one and Mm -hmm. we like living here. Mm -hmm. And we see the evidences of that. Is it perfect? Far from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is only one perfect system of government, that is the government of God. And, uh, you know, a constitutional democracy is a better one of a bad bunch because they're all human-created and human-run.
1: I don't know. I feel I'd do a pretty good job as a dictator of Australia.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) um, well... (laughs) You become dictator and I'll pull off a coup. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. And we're going to begin here in verse 9. And we're going to read down through to verse. Well, let's read down to verse 11. All right. And we're going to just see. We're just going to note here. I want you to note Paul's approach at this particular point in this particular message.
1: Okay, here we go. Hebrews chapter nine, uh, 5 and verse 9 the Bible says in this way God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him and God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek there is much more we could, uh, we would like to say about this but it is difficult to explain especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Wow!
0: Yikes! <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about Paul's approach right here. Um, is this what we would call a winsome approach? Is it winning? <laughs> no. I, but he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah. And then he just calls them out for being dumb. <laughs> like, he's like, like, you guys, you guys are dull.
0: dull. Yeah. I find this fascinating because it, it it the theme actually continues here for a couple of more verses. Mm. And the reason I find it fascinating is if you study Judaism... Mm-hmm. and really that's who, you know, this is, this is, this book is called Hebrews mm-hmm. because it was written to the Jewish people. It was written to a Jewish audience. Mm-hmm. Your other New Testament epistles are all written to uh, Greek audiences mm-hmm. or um, if they are Jewish audiences, they are Hellenistic Jews. Mm-hmm. They're, they're Greek-flavoured Jews. Whereas this one, you know, Paul has said, no, I'm going to write something for the Hebrew people who are not Hellenistic Jews, mm. who are culturally Jewish. Mm. And when you look at that particular people group, even to this day, their level of scholarship, their level of understanding the Torah and the Mishnah and you know the so many other different uh, books and scholarly works that they have is quite outstanding. Mm. In fact, it's kind of off the charts. And these guys will go deep, mm. seriously deep. And when you read the book of Hebrews, you find Paul has gone deep. He's, he's, not, he's not scratching the surface. He's like, wow, he goes way down deep and and really gets into it. This is one of the deepest books of the Bible. And so what is it that Paul is actually trying to accomplish? You know, I don't know because I'm not the Holy Spirit. But in many ways, this is what I see looking on. I see Paul is actually challenging them. Mm. I see Paul is reaching out to a religious group of Jewish people who are culturally Jewish, religiously Jewish, and who pride themselves of their depth of knowledge of the scriptures mm. and the fact that they're not just sort of scratching around on the surface like the average person or like a Hellenistic Greek might mm. a Hellenistic jew might mm. I say, hellenistic Greek a uh, Hellenistic jew they're mm. uh, not just you know surface religion, that kind of thing it's like no, no, we're the serious ones who go to you know. We go to the schools of the rabbis. We're the serious ones who go to synagogue every Sabbath day and we're the serious ones who will sit down there and debate in the synagogue and go backwards and forwards and really get into the depths of our spirituality. And Paul's like, yeah, you want to you discover deep spirituality? Try Christianity. Mm. This will take you to a new level of depth. And in many ways I see him appealing a little bit to their ego. Mm. He's like, you know, you guys... Yeah, you think you're deep. You haven't seen anything. Yeah. He think did. about this. you know, And this is why he goes so deep into the whole sacrificial system further mm. on in the book of Hebrews and reveals how that, you know, the whole book of Leviticus is all about Jesus Christ. Essentially that's what you find later mm. on in Hebrews is this is all about Jesus Christ and it's all about the covenant and it's all about salvation. It's all about the cross. Uh, and, and he's saying... You've been studying these things, you know, your entire life, and you've never seen this. Yeah. Because one of the things that, of course, the you know, because Christianity grew so rapidly amongst Hellenistic Jews mm. and amongst Greeks, the Jewish Jews were like, yeah, well, you know, Christianity is growing amongst those who really uh, have a very shallow understanding of Scripture. That's right. Mm. And Paul's like. Challenge accepted. Yeah, (laughs) let me write the book of Hebrews. In case you haven't seen my epistle on Romans, which is to you know a uh, a Hellenistic audience Mm. um, or a Roman audience, let's try Hebrews. Yeah, that's right. Let's let's go. He's like, let's go. And Paul is, you know, he's the kind of person who has the theological ability to actually do that. Mm. And so
1: that's kind of what I'm seeing here. Yeah, and he's also like very much challenging that pride. Um, when he says, like, like he says, oh, like you are spiritually dull. Um, and, but I think I really, I really believe that like, this is the underlying point here. You do not seem to listen, um, as, as my Bible puts it. And he goes on and explains, you know, he has this uh, analogy or this illustration of like milk and solid food. Um, and he's essentially communicating to them like that, oh, you don't have the ability to be able to understand these spiritual truths, not because you guys aren't smart enough, um, but because your pride has blinded you. He's like, he actually, like, throughout the book of Hebrews, the reason he's getting into it like so deep is because He's appealing to the fact that they know this stuff. He's like, yeah, you guys know the sacrificial system. So I can explain how Christ is involved in that and, uh, you know, in a, in a way and in a depth that I haven't to, in, to, to any other group of believers. Um, but here, yeah, I think he's calling out like the real problem with the Jews is not that they're stupid, but is that they are just proud. And that has led them to the place where they can be so smart, so accustomed to the scriptures, and and be waiting and expecting the Messiah to come, you
0: know, and then miss it completely. Like, okay, so if somebody comes to you, and they say, Lawson, you are proud, you are dull, and you don't listen. Is is that winning for
1: you? Oh, that would that would hurt. It depends who came. I think, I think like...
0: If I came and said, Lawson, oh. you're just dull. <laughs> Dude, that you'd, of- be like, you'd be like, you'd be cut, but you'd be like, well, you know, forget you. Oh man, that
1: hurts. I'm like, I, you know, I, Lyle, I respect you. enough. like, and there's a fair few people in my life who like, it, you know. Who might be able to get away with it. Yeah. The, like if my dad came to me and said, Lawson, you're spiritually dull, I'd be like, shut up Like like, for those who don't know like my dad's not a christian i love my i love my dad i live with my dad um and i think he's amazing but if he said oh lawson look i really don't think you've got a handle on this bible thing um i would be like shut up like you (laughs) have no idea like you but um and and, hey it's not that you know um god can speak through the mouth of babes you know like and i feel like there's there's so many lessons that i've learned from people who are much less you know, uh, understanding of the scripture than, than, than I, than I am. And then they've come to me and taught me something powerful. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, but you know, and, and we really need to not be proud of what we know. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, there's, I think there is a group of people that if they came to me and said, Lawson, you are dull. And then they could show me why I would, that, it would kill, but like, you, <laughs>
0: yeah. you have
1: to take it. Right. Yeah, that's,
0: yeah, you and you and that's
1: exactly how Paul is functioning here. He's not saying, Oh, you guys are, you guys are dumb. Just for the sake of it, like he's willing to then expound, you know. And this—it's
0: a little bit of re- reverse psychology in some ways, because yeah. you know this is this is the accusation that the Jewish Jews had always put out against the Christians. We are wow. You know, you guys are just like surface religion. Mm. The real depth is here. Mm. And so Paul turns around and says, "Actually, you guys are dull." Mm. And 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 what I see here, and and you're, and you're living on milk. I see here. Um, a way that you know God, the Holy Spirit, is actually really appealing to them. Mm. It's like, all right, let's 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 go, let's do this. You, you're throwing down the gauntlet right here mm. uh, on depth of knowledge, of understanding the Scripture. Let's jump into that, mm-hmm. and 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 let's dig deep, and let's see who can go the deepest mm. in their understanding of Scripture. Yeah, crazy stuff. You're listening to the
1: Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Oh man, that actually, that's so, it's got my, my, my gears turning here. I'm like, especially on what we've been talking about it, this idea of him, Paul calling people dumb, but you know, don't, don't we claim to be not ashamed and kind of foolish? Don't we call ourselves fool? Man. Doesn't Paul call himself a fool? Wow. Yeah. Oh, this is so interesting. It okay, is, It is. All right. All right. What's that, what's 500 points. Right? Oh, here we point. go. 500 points. In what city did Silversmiths fearing the effect of Paul's preaching on their idol making business stir up a riot? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call if you know the answer. And again that question was, in what city did silversmiths, fearing the effect of Paul's preaching on their idol making business, did they stir up a riot? For five hundred points, you can win oh, this is this is like such an epic book. Survivors, Daniel through Malachi, a fresh look. At the return of Israel. This is probably one of my favorite historical periods in the Bible, uh, which is basically they've had the captivity, you know, throughout Babylon and Medo Persia, and and then, yeah, during the, the Medo Persian era, coming back to Israel rebuilding it before the advent of Christ. This book just getting into the amazing stories and the prophecies and the awesome stuff that was happening at that time. So 0491 is the number to call. If you know in which city the silversmith stirred up a riot because their idol-making business was threatened, um, give us a call and Absolutely. you'll win it completely for free.
0: Yeah, the big one. The big one. Mm. All right, let's go to our uh, passage here. Let's pick it up in verse 12. Read through to the end of the chapter, Hebrews chapter 5.
1: Okay. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, the Bible says, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong.
0: Yeah, wow. It just gets better, doesn't it? Starts off by calling them dull. Uh, Having said that, he's like, like, let me expound on that. You know, it's it's not like he's just sort of thrown it in there like, let me just throw this word in there just to see if I can trigger them a little bit. He's like, you guys are dull. You're dumb. Oh, let me, let me expand let me talk about yeah. that a little bit more. You're actually really dumb. yeah, you're in lots of different ways.
1: Yeah, and immature and you don't understand. Have you ever,
0: have you ever had a a, um, you know, a medical procedure or something or other where you've been on like a liquids diet? No. Ah, yeah, I had a stomach operation last year and I was on soup for a few days. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> it is so bad. Just liquids.
1: I thought you were gonna say, "Have you ever had a medical procedure?" And preceding the medical procedure, like the doctor was like, "Wow, you are really like out of whack. You need to take care of your health. You are terrible." Because just just the ultimate roast, you know. Whenever you like, whenever you go to the dentist and they're like cleaning your teeth and they're like, "Hey, look, you did a good job, but you could have done better. You should have flossed more."
0: And then they're like, <laughs> something like that, you know. Yes, but, I think I think if you next time you're in a roast competition, yeah. I think you should pull Hebrew just, oh, out Hebrew Ah, Oh, dude. Just, just, get just, biblical
1: just, on him. <laughs> and just throw
0: it at him. This is you. This is, this is you right here. Because it is, it is a, it is a massive roast that he, that mm-hmm. he, um, that he pours out right here. And you know, and when you think of milk and when you think of babies, they live on milk until, you know, they start to have a few solid mm-hmm. foods. And when they start to have solid foods, they make a whole mess with it. Um, but that's just, you know, it's, it's all part of, of, um, of of being a baby, but mm. he's like, this is this is where you guys are at. You guys yeah. have been
1: babies too long.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so you know, if you look at it from the King James version, uh, for when for for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Mm. And so basically, what he's saying is like, look, you guys are the ones who have you know for a very long time have put yourselves forward as being the teachers of the law mm. you know and you can understand why the jewish jews would be so much more like that than the hellenistic jews because you know these are the jews who have grown up with hebrew you know going to a hebrew school learning hebrew mm. understanding hebrew reading the bible in hebrew um You know, as as a first language, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Aramaic is their first language, but Hebrew is very close to Aramaic, and they are, you know, they are in that whole Hebrew environment, and so Hebrew is a language that they know intimately. Whereas for the Hellenistic Jews, most of them just speak Greek. Mm. You know, how do they how how do they deal with the whole synagogue thing when you know you're struggling through with your basic kind of Hebrew that you you know you you no doubt know a bit of uh, Aramaic and you no doubt know, know a bit of Hebrew, but uh, the, the, the Jewish Jews are like, ah, oh, this is why they've all been swept away by Christianity.
1: That's right. Or like, you know, just Hellenized Judaism. You know, the, the accusation was always leveled from the Pharisees that, oh, these Sadducees are just like, yeah. they're just Greek heretics, basically. Right. It's like, but we know because we're Pharisees. Like, we're legit. We know Hebrew. We have the scriptures. We are the safeguard. We're, we're here in Jerusalem. Like, that's who we are.
0: And the Sadducees were a group who were, you know, very much Hellenized, but at the same time, were the group of Hellenistic Jews who did go deep.
1: Yeah, mm. it's just
0: like we have the books of Moses; nothing else. Yeah, don't touch another thing. That's mm. it. Not nothing else. And so they would just stick with that, and as a result of that, they'd come to some wrong conclusions that Jesus, you know, helped them out with from time to time, or endeavoured to help them out with, we should say. Mm. Um, but here in this passage. He's like, okay, you guys are the ones who go to synagogue and you guys are the ones who debate in the synagogue and should be teaching in the synagogue. But uh, you need to go back and relearn because you're kind of spiritual babies. Mm. And I wonder at this because I wonder whether part of the problem here, and this is a perception that I have, is that the Jews at this time had a very intellectual religion. Mm. And when he says you're spiritually babies, he's like, "Well, you actually know the Bible inside out, back to front, and upside down. A lot of these guys would have the Torah memorized, word for word. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't sneeze at their scholarship. So, in what respect are they babies? Well, you can know the Bible inside out, back to front, and upside down, but if you don't know Jesus, you're a spiritual baby. That is, if you don't have a relationship with God, if Mm. you don't have a connection with God, Mm. and." uh, you know, I think that there is a danger of flipping the other direction, of course, where you go to the point where you have where your Christianity is so much about your connection with God that you neglect mm. biblical truth, and we've seen the result of that in our world today. We have where we have the gender split in Christianity. I believe that this is one of the big reasons why we have that gender split is because we have downplayed intellectual Christianity. You know, because particularly men. Uh, really respond to the intellectual side of Christianity they respond to you know debating the word of God backwards and forwards and they learn that way mm um whereas you know women respond more to the relational side and women need the intellectual side and men need the relational side but when you balance it one way or the other you're going to get this you're going to get this gender split that we see happening right now I think it's one of the major factors uh causing it mm this is the way that you know Christianity religion goes through its its different eras. Interesting here, um, text message. I'm amazed how many Christians are still drinking milk. It really saddens me as they are always talking and never giving. Please grow up. The Lord Ooh. is coming. Study the Word while you can. And I was looking at some interesting research this morning where uh, less than ten percent of Christians want to want shorter sermons. Thirty percent of Christians actually want longer sermons. And more biblical content mm. in their sermons right now. New new piece of research that um, when I, I didn't have time to cover in my news section this morning, and it's what Christians are actually looking for. When mm. you looking when you look at people who have um, come from a secular background to Christianity, and you ask them why, eighty seven percent I think of them that they answer it was because of biblical truth. That, learning dude, biblical that is truth.
1: my life, like. Yes. Oh, dude, it's so true. Like, that's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. Oh, so good. Right now, the- you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: And a text message coming through from one of our listeners says I must admit, the music today has been superb. Really enjoyed they it. must. Thanks, admit, producer Shell. <laughs> they, they,
1: you really pulled it out of him, Shell. They had to, they had to, they had to really muster it up to say. It was great. No, it was it, so it was good. Fantastic. Judi
0: <laughs> Shel does an amazing job right here. She makes she uh, she makes us sound good. Oops. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's such. So, so she, she turned me off, dude. <laughs> so she has the ultimate power.
1: That's right. The it,
0: power resides. It makes Shell her feel good in too. The studio. All right.
1: Hey, let's have a look at some quiz question answers for one hundred point. Uh, for yeah, the one hundred point question was the number forty. Two hundred points was Solomon. Three hundred points was Mary. Four hundred points was Lydia, and five hundred points was Ephesus.
0: Okay, those are your answers. It is now time for...
1: Question of the Day. All right, our question today is, in the Garden of Eden, did animals eat each other?
0: Okay, so this is an interesting question right here, and there's a number of things that we need to look at. First of all, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 that the wages of sin is death. In other Mm. words, uh, death is the result of sin. And sin was not allowed to remain in the Garden of Eden. There was only ever one sin in the Garden of Eden and it was removed immediately from the Garden of Eden and so there was never any opportunity for death to reign in the Garden of Eden. Um, if you go, obviously, before sin, there would be no death. And so if there is no death before sin, and this is one of the things you're going to find is that, you know, the, the, the biggest, the, the animals today, the animal the, the species of animal today that eats the most meat or flesh of other animals, of course, is humans. But when you go to the Garden of Eden, you'll notice that uh, right there in Genesis chapter 1 that God said that the original diet for human beings was fruits, grains, and nuts. Um, And so we can read that in... Let me just flick over there very quickly. And what's interesting about this, when the Bible gives this original uh, diet right here, in verse 29, God said, Behold, I've given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat. That's, that's, that's fruits, grains and nuts. Uh, and so this is a diet that involves, not only does not involve the death of creatures, it does not involve the death of plants either. Because when you harvest grains, when you harvest fruit, when you harvest nuts, uh, nothing is dying. Whereas after sin, Uh, has come and you go over to chapter 3 and the ground is cursed. In verse 18 it says, um, Speaking to Adam, thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to you and you shall eat the herb of the field. In other words, vegetables. You know, When you eat a potato plant or you eat a carrot or a parsnip or something like that, of course the plant is dying and so death has come after sin. And so that's what you find here in the Bible. There is no death before sin. There is no death of animals. Animals do not eat each other. Mm. Uh, Now the Bible talks about a time when... Eden will be restored again. And so when we get to heaven, of course, we will have the same environment that existed in the Garden of Eden and we can explore the original Garden of Eden as it is uh, preserved there in heaven. But if we go over to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 65 is where we're going to go. It's one one of a number of different examples of this that you'll find in the Bible. The Bible gives a description of life in the new earth. And so now we're post sin. Garden of Eden, before sin, now we are post-sin. And once again, where there is no sin, there is no death. And so it says here, uh, let me see here, we will start in verse 21, they shall build houses and inhabit them. They will plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They will not build and another inhabit. They will not plant and another eat. For as the days of the tree are the days of my people and my election, long enjoy the work of their hands. Uh, continues on, uh, they shall not labor in vain. Uh, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it will come to pass that before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. And here's your key verse in verse 25. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Well, what do they eat? Grass. And the lion will eat straw like the bullock or like the cow. And dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain, says the Lord. And this is a wonderful promise right here because what we see, you know, things that we see happening in nature are just truly horrific. You know, I've seen things, I've seen nature do things at, of, of such a level of cruelty that I feel that my brain is forever scarred hmm. by some of the, you know, but you, you find them on YouTube and it's like, why did, why did someone even post that? I don't want to see that. That's horrific. And there's coming a time when that... A couple of uh, last text messages, just real quick. Uh, Sky says that... Um, well, what did Sky say? That, yes, she did liquids recently for surgery. They gave us post-op patients this stuff called protein water. Uh, sounds not awesome.
1: Pleasant. Oh, okay.
0: The nurse said most people don't like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Paula says, welcome back. Hope you both had a good rest. Mm. Awesome, did. <laughs> With his coat. Such interesting topics this morning. Mm. Um, it's really hard when you're quite a novice yourself when it comes to Bible knowledge. As a woman, you're, ten, you're right. I tend to be passionate about my love for Jesus. That's a good thing. Mm. Um, I'm understanding more and more I need to know Scripture so I can be spiritually mature, not a baby. That's a good thing mm. as well. I understand what Paul is saying. It sort of reminds me about being lukewarm. I don't want to be lukewarm. However, I need to balance my passion with Scripture knowledge. Yes. yes. Can you refer me to a good Bible study? Thank you. Yes, contact us right here. We'll put you in contact with the Discovery Centre. They have eighteen different courses. Uh, last time I checked, that you can choose from, and they are all excellent. And finally, another text message says here: Always love your music. I wish I had a CD of your music. <laughs> Dude, Chelsea, okay, all right, all right. Chelsea, stop, Chelsea. stop,
1: sending all the love into No, show. Just you're bumping it her up too much. Okay, this is, you're making it too powerful. <laughs>